Welcome to the Stronger Marriage Podcast. We're Trey and Lee, and we're glad you joined us today. We're doing Q&A today, and we've got a lot of great questions to talk about marriage. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Stronger Marriage Podcast with Trey and Lee. On this podcast, you'll hear real topics about real life. They cover everything from married sex to raising kids to loving your spouse so much that you're willing to forgive them for occasionally being the most annoying person in the world. Trey and Lee have raised four boys, been married over 30 years, and somehow still really like each other. And now, live from the metropolis of Childress, Texas, a place so flat you can watch your dog run away for three days. Here are your hosts for the Stronger Marriage Podcast, Trey and Lee Morgan. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We are excited to be with y'all. Got a good... uh set of questions that some of you wrote into us and so we're we're excited about answering some of those what do we got going on coming up nothing christmas yay i know it's just like uh we get a break for a while we have nothing really going on we We don't have any workshops until canadian texas about the middle of january in canadian not too far down the road from us so and but then the cruise is right around the corner from that yeah we've still got a few places left on the cruise we Mm -hmm. talked about this last week if you want info on the cruise uh you and your spouse can go for man i'm thinking fifteen hundred dollars or less uh it's a pretty good deal come go on a cruise with us message us we'll send you a link if you can't find it on our webpage. that's right that'd be fun that'd be a great christmas gift if you've been saving up for a vacation sometime or another that is true so um yeah well, we're talking Q&A this week, and we get a lot of Q&A, and we probably ought to do some Q&A live on Instagram, but we're going to do it here this week, and we've asked some folks uh, what are some questions that you have, and we've got some good ones. Uh, we're going to run with them as, about as far as we can go in about for about 20 to 30 minutes, um, and we'll just start at the top. The first one we got in was, how can my spouse and I uh, get some romance back into our marriage uh, good question, and sometimes that happens when you've been married for a while. You don't feel that spark anymore. Uh, maybe your kids are in the picture now, and you're being parents more than you're being husband and wife, and you're just not feeling the spark, and there's not a lot of romance. Mm-hmm. So what what, what advice yeah. would you give, Lee? What would you start with on that? Well, one thing that you brought up was that couples need to kind of think back to uh, the friendship that they had before they were married and the things that they used to do before they were married. Uh, I mean, you you did a lot of dating. Um, you did a lot of, you know, just probably dressing up for each other and flirting. And what else would you add to that? Oh, I mean, you know, the 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 guys would have uh, wanted to go out all the time on dates. They uh, told her she was pretty, uh, brought her flowers, wrote her notes, um, brought her her favorite candy. Uh, all those sort of things, and the girls they they flirted and bragged on him. Just things that you did pre-marriage, mm-hmm. kind of go back and do some of that. And and it's important to know what your spouse thinks is romantic. That's right. I mean, we we've learned real quick that we don't think the same things are romantic. Um, and and I feel like this kind of goes back to to the need to know each other's love language. Uh, and so if you don't know what your love language is, if you don't know what your spouse's love language is. Take that quick little online test, uh, the five love language t- 
five love languages test. It's free. Dot com. I mean, you know, you, you can Google it and you'll find it. I promise. Um, Gary, Dr. Gary Chapman uh, wrote an excellent book on this, but take that quick little test, uh, both of you, and figure out what your love languages are. It, because, it helps your spouse to yeah. know what your love language is and how to meet that. Lee's love language is acts of service. Mm -hmm. And so when I do little things to serve her, she feels very, very loved mm -hmm. and romanced. Um, and Yours is, is touch. Yes. And so, I mean, when I'm when I'm hugging you and kissing you and, and rubbing on you and everything else. I like the rubbing you part. Think that, uh, you think that's romantic. I and do. so, yeah, you gotta, you got to speak your spouse's love language um, to, to feel that romance and, and that spark. Yeah, and that, that's important that you do that. But the main thing is, is you don't just go, well, I guess we've lost the romance. Mm -hmm. You start working to get that back. Exactly. Uh, snuggle up on the couch. Um, just just spend some time being husband and wife and and uh, you know most people don't fall out of love they really fall out of friendship and so it's important for you to spend time with one another to be friends with one another yes it's a good way uh, let's kick in another one okay. um, this one's probably a quick answer a little bit quicker answer but how do you get your spouse to see um, their family connection is a little too close uh, maybe that they're putting their family before their spouse or that there just needs to be a few boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, of course, we feel like, you know, God comes first, spouse comes next. Um, and then family. In that order, yeah. and then family. And, and it's, you know, a lot of times, uh, maybe you grew up differently. You know, maybe there, maybe... One of you was just had a super close knit family that still enjoys doing things together all the time, uh, and maybe one of you didn't grow up so much that. Uh, but maybe you've also got some in laws that stick their nose in a little too much, uh, you know, and we understand that. Um, but I, you know, I feel like there does have to definitely be boundaries. But you, as a couple, have to agree on what those boundaries are going to be. And one of you may not feel like there's a problem at all. Um, so you've got to talk about it. You've got to communicate and, and talk about it. And there's going to have to be a compromise at some point. Yeah. If, if you're on, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum and, and one of you feels like there's a problem and one doesn't, you're going to have to really figure out, okay, how can we compromise, you know, maybe where we're not spending quite as much time with the family, where we're not letting them give so much opinions or whatever, um, but it, it all comes down to communication and compromise. Yeah, it does. And and you've got you've got family that uh, you've you've grown up with, you've spent time with, and maybe during the holiday season, the, the Thanksgiving time and and the Christmas time, and you're just sitting there thinking, you know, why do we have to always spend so much time at all the all the in-laws and stuff? Your in-laws should always come alongside of you in your marriage and never between you. Um, and so you don't ever want to let any outsiders come between you. At the same time, you don't want to cut off in-laws if you can keep from it. There's mm -hmm. no reason to, to shut parents out. But you want to be able to, you also want to be able to make sure that there's some boundaries in there. But the, the big rule and the big key is going to be just really trying to compromise on this and communicate with it. And, and you're going to have to give in it, it, both sides. And yes. especially, can I say this? If your spouse has a problem with something, you really need to hear this. And the worst thing you can do is go, you're making way too big a deal out of this. If, if it's bothering your spouse, whatever it is, it should be bothering you as well. Yes. 
and and you know like i said if it's not then you're gonna have there's gonna have to be some give and take there's gonna have to be some compromise and that's what marriage is all about i mean that's all of marriage is is compromise so uh all right let's go on to the next one okay this we probably get this question more than any others we've got a whole podcast on this that we're going to talk about for a few minutes and if you can't find us let us know and we'll we'll send you the link to it but the question is is i have cheated and i hate that i've done that what can i do to help my marriage heal to help my spouse heal um, the, the following question also, or follow-up, another one just said, how does a couple recover from infidelity? And, and unfortunately, that is a problem in marriage these days, um, and, and trying to figure out how to do it. You can't, you can't just go, um, I'm sorry, and everything should be fine and back like it was. It, it takes a long time to heal as a couple. It takes a long time to rebuild trust. And when both the innocent party and the guilty party are willing to go to work and fix it, it really, really helps. It really helps. We have, we have kind of some steps or some, some things that are really good that, that you need to do, and especially, especially the guilty party that mm-hmm. really needs to, to kind of do, and we'll just name off a few of these as we go, and then, like I said, if you want more information on these, we'll send you a, email us, and we'll send you some, uh, an email with all this on there, or or we can send you a, a link to the podcast. But uh, first, the the guilty party is going to have to to be honest and and stop being dishonest, stop hiding things, uh, completely be open and honest about the the you know it's not a well it was an accident it wasn't an accident uh, you cheated. And, and you've got to completely end things with that other person. No texting, no, no spending time with, no running into, no working with. Um, you, t- you can't rebuild if that other person is still a part of that, a part of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, take responsibility, take complete responsibility for your mistakes. You know, like Trey said, there is no, there's no accidents. Uh, you made the choice to do what you did and you've got to own it and take responsibility for it. Um, you've got to answer questions. Any questions your spouse has got, you've, you've got to answer them and no may, matter how uncomfortable it may yeah. make both of you. And you've got to, you know, you've got to tell your spouse, you're, you're probably not going to like what you hear, yeah. but you've got to be willing to answer any questions that they want answered. That's true. You, you may not want to know all the details and, and you may not like all the answers, but the, you, you've got to be honest and give all the details that they want to know and you answer those questions and you don't try to hide things because if you hide things and then two or three months down the road when you're trying to recover from this more comes out then it's all of a sudden like well you didn't you weren't open and honest with me then you you have got to start from today on saying i am an open book mm-hmm. yeah uh, be patient as you real as you rebuild trust uh, suspicion and distrust are natural reactions when a person has been cheated uh, cheated on and lied to um, you know, the evidence supports the belief that you aren't trustworthy, but trust can be rebuilt, it, but it doesn't come quickly. Um, and, and the guilty party, as the guilty party, you have no right to tell your spouse when they should be better. You, you're going to have to give them time. It, yeah. it, you know, the saying that time heals all wounds, it, it, that's true. I mean, time, it just takes time. But you can't, you can't come along and go, it's been three months. You're not over this. You, the guilty party has no right to ever tell their spouse when they should be better. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have to be open. The guilty party needs to be around. Meaning, um, be emotionally available, physically present. If there's, 
Lee, Lee mentioned there's a lot of distrust, there's a lot of suspicion. If you're gone, if you say you're on the way home, if you say you'll be home at six, you do that. If you're not or you're running behind and your spouse is like, I wonder where they're at, I wonder if they're, you, you send a text, hey, I stopped by the store or I am here. You let your spouse know where you are, what's going on, and uh, you do everything you can to be around for them. And, and when they want to talk about stuff, you talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be there to listen. Uh, even though it was you that caused the pain, uh, you know, otherwise your partner will have lost one of the most important people in their lives that they can turn to for support, which is you. And, you know, that sounds kind of strange. You're the one that, that hurt them, but they also need you to be there for them, to support them and to listen to them and, and to be a shoulder to cry on. Yeah. Uh, make sure your partner feels number one again, because they haven't been. You, you've, you've cheated. You've gone to someone else for attention. Um, you need to do everything within your power to make your spouse feel like they are the most important person in your life again. Uh, that Convince them, you know, show them that you will not betray them again. Yes. Um, be open. The more openness you demonstrate, the less urgency your partner will feel to check in on your activities. Um, yeah, you just, you've got to let them know where you are and who you're with at all times. Yeah. I mean, that's just, sorry. When, when you decided to cheat, you gave up every right to privacy that you ever thought you had. If you want to fix your marriage, yeah. then you have, yes. And keep in mind that your phone, your email, your voicemail, everything, bills, uh, any place you can keep a secret, you're, you're going to have to be open with those. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to have to tell your spouse, you're welcome to look at my phone anytime you want to look at. You just be open and honest. Yeah. And if, and if you choose to provide voluntary access to these things, your partner may trust you quicker and easier. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah. Instead of just going, well, I guess if you want yes, to see this. Just, you know, go ahead and say, here's all my passwords. Here's, you know, everything. Just lay it out. Give it to them up front. Uh, let them know you've got nothing to hide anymore. Yeah. Uh, work on your marriage. Uh, be grateful that your spouse has decided to remain with you and, for, and, and forgive you. And no matter how angry or, um, you know, you, you just simply, they have shown you great love and in many cases great strength by choosing to try to trust you again. And so you give your partner respect and gratitude for this decision. You appreciate the fact that you're getting a second chance and uh, both initially and periodically over the next few years, you just do everything you can to let your spouse know, um, hey, you are number one in my life and, and this will not happen again. Yeah, um, and, and then don't ever do it again. I mean, that's just, that's just a pretty bottom line, but don't ever cheat again. Third yeah. chances are much less rare than second chances. Yeah, that so is true. So we, when, when you've cheated and you're going, I hate what I did, how can I help my marriage heal? Those are some great steps. And again, if you need that list of things, we will be happy to share it with you so that you can eh, kind of get a get a better idea. We've, we've got it written down and we'll pass those on to you. Yeah. So here's the next question. Uh, what advice would you give for a spouse wanting to stay and work on a marriage when the other one doesn't? And we did a whole we did a whole episode we did and, and, and again we're back. we're not gonna redo the whole podcast mm-hmm. episode, exactly. but if you want more information on this People call it a one-sided marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm the only one working in my marriage and my spouse isn't even trying or they're just not even wanting to stay in a marriage. What you got to do is step it up. Uh, what, you are, what you're going to want to do is go, well, if you're not doing anything, buddy, I'm not going to do anything either. And, and that's just, that's going to go ahead and kill it. Mm-hmm. it it'll be dead. And you're going to have to step it up and go, if you're not going to put out the effort, I'm just going to put out a little extra. 
Um, I'm going to go as far as, you know, people always say it takes two. It does take two. But sometimes you can motivate the one that are, that is not motivated by serving them, by loving them. Uh, you step it up. You fix their coffee in the morning. Um, send them a message and tell them you're thinking about them during the day. Uh, fix their lunch. Whatever it is, you just go above and beyond and inspire them to just say, man, they are so good to me. How can I not love them back? Right. And if, if you want to stay, you know, and work on the marriage and your spouse has just decided, you know, even even after you're so good to them that they just don't, that they want out of the marriage, you, you can't make them stay. I mean, you just can't make them. You you can do all, like Trey said, you you love them and you go above and beyond and and hopefully they will want to, but you you can't make them. And accept the fact that you're you've done and are doing everything you yes. can. Yeah. So, what's the first question you'd ask a couple who came to you and said they were thinking about getting a divorce? <laughs> my my first my first thought is mm-hmm. why 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 would you want to? I why mean, what is this? the reason behind mm-hmm. this? Yeah. Um, because you know, cell phones you upgrade when your old phone doesn't work well, or you've cracked it or broke it, or the battery doesn't last long. And that's not how it works with marriage. You don't upgrade your marriage when you're, it's not working well. You fix it. Um, upgrades in marriages aren't up- upgrades. Uh, they generally are, are, you know, work on what you've got. That would be the first question I have. And, and I would remind them that love is an action. It is not a feeling. You may not be feeling in love, uh, but love, God's love, the way he created marriage, is love is an action. It's something you show your spouse. So if you don't love each other anymore, you're basically you're saying, I am choosing not to love you anymore because love is an action. That would be my first question would mm-hmm. be, why, 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 what's the reason behind this is what I would want to know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's, that's where I would go with that. That's a good question. Maybe we need to follow up that on a full podcast mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. Good, good thought. Okay. So the best and worst marriage advice you've heard oh this is going to get controversial <laughs> you think so oh i don't know about that uh, um, all right do we want to start with the best or the worst start with the best okay so the best um I, you've all heard i don't i don't necessarily know that this is the best but i think you've all heard it that this is you know essential marriage advice never go to bed angry well, I'm going to take that a step further. I'm not, I'm not so sure that you can always do that. Sometimes you just are mad. <laughs> um, and you can't quite, you know, work everything out before the sun goes down. But what I would say is be a good forgiver. Um, it, it's just essential in marriage that you're a good forgiver because there are no perfect people in marriage. You're not perfect. Your spouse is not perfect. Um, if you're quick to forgive your spouse, then hopefully they are going to be quick to forgive you because there are there is going to come a time when you're going to need to be forgiven as well for something that you've done. Uh, because like I said there's there's no there's no perfect people in marriage, so there's be a not. good forgiver. And and maybe maybe some couples do this better than we do. And maybe there's some couples who go, we've never gone to bed angry at each other, but we. I don't know that we've ever gone to bed angry at each other, but there have been times where we've gone to bed where we've just had a bad day and you haven't liked me real well and I haven't liked you real well, but we still loved each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're quick to forgive. You, you know, holding a long grudge, holding the anger, giving somebody the silent treatment, withholding 
emotional needs from one another for a long period of time, for days at a time or weeks mm-hmm. to punish them. That's just, that's a marriage killer. You can't do that. And, and being a good forgiver is absolutely fantastic marriage advice. And sometimes you may just have to go, I'm going to forgive for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not, well, that's know. who you forgive for most that's of it? the time anyway. You, you, you know, when you're angry, you're just hurting yourself more than you're hurting the other person, really. Yeah, so. and, and just a good reminder, because you may be going, why should I be treating my spouse like that? Well, you treat your spouse better than they deserve because that's how God treats you every day. Yes. That's how God treats you every day. Absolutely. Now, personally, some of my worst advice I've ever heard mm-hmm. And, and generally, it's an old wives' tale, I guess is what you call it, mm-hmm. but, but people love to, to throw it out there uh, when they need to, is, is distance makes a heart grow fonder. And I just want to say, from what we've seen, is distance doesn't make the heart grow fonder. Distance is very hard on marriages. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not talking, uh, we're talking absences. We're not talking, hey, you go to work and I go to work and I'll see you tonight at six. Mm -hmm. We're talking, I'm going to take a job and be gone for a month and be home for a week and gone for a couple of weeks and home for a couple of days. That's hard on your marriage. That is very, very hard on your marriage. And we've had friends, I've had friends that have told me before, hey, I've got a new job. I'm going to move and I'll go all, you know, hey, congratulations on the new job. We're going to miss your family. Uh, And and I remember him saying, oh, my family's not moving. I'm just going to go. And I'll just drive home once every couple of three weeks and see them on a weekend. And, and I remember saying, that's so hard on your marriage. You, you, are you sure? Oh, we have a good marriage. A year later, that same friend of mine was in the office, um, back in my office, struggling with his marriage. They were going through a divorce at the time. It, it just absence to, to, to say, hey, I'm going to make an extra $20,000 if I can be away from my family for you know a month at a time. That's just not worth it, people. Um, just be really cautious about that. And we know that there are jobs. Um, we have a friend that's a pilot. He's gone for a couple of weeks at a time. They do a great job texting and FaceTiming. And um, if you're military and you're listening to this, mm-hmm. there are times when there's deployments, and that's tough. That's tough. And you're going to have to work extra hard. And we just want you to say, don't use that old excuse of... Um, Absence makes a heart grow fonder to to justify going away and being away from your family because that's just not healthy. Yeah, exactly. Not healthy at not all. Healthy. Okay, so last one. Got one I more? think we probably have time for. Okay. Uh, how can I learn to accept that my wife has a much less intimate desire than me? Uh, we also did a podcast on different uh, sex drives. Mm-hmm. from my, my spouse has a different sex drive. And that would be a good one to go back and listen to. And, and if you are listening and you go, oh, I need to hear that, uh, message us and we'll send you a link for it. But uh, communication is going to be the key. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your spouse may not know. You, you may not be doing a very good job. At, you know, I, Honestly, we think communication is the key. And that if you'll just sit down and maybe, maybe you can say, is there any way we can step up frequency? And I know that's hard on... This was a husband that wrote this. And that's hard on men to go, hey, I feel like I'm begging by, by asking all the time. and uh, But unless you ask and unless you communicate, and at some point maybe you have to tell your spouse, 
Um, I know you don't have a big desire like I do, but I love, explain to them, I love to connect with you. This makes me feel close to you. Um, you know, can we go from, you know, two times a month to five or six times a month? You, know, you, know, you come up with a, a number that kind of helps and see if you can meet in the middle somewhere. But their communication is such a, a key to this. And then there's times, there's, there's times in our marriage where it just kind of seems like, uh, you know, it's fun, we like it, and, you know, and then there's other times where it's like, I need it a lot. Um, and you have to kind of communicate and go, I know that we were intimate just a few days ago, but, uh, you know, how soon will it be before we can do this again? Because I really am just loving connecting with you lately. And, and, and so it, just to be able to communicate with your spouse and tell them, what you're feeling, how you're feeling, uh, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Because your spouse may not know. They unmet, unmet expectations, or she may flirt with you in the kitchen, and and not think anything of it. And you're thinking, "Hey, tonight's the night, baby." And and then you don't say anything, and you go to bed, and nothing happens. You go to sleep, and you're frustrated the next day when you should have brought up, "Hey, is this a good night for us to be intimate together?" Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, we always say that the person with the lower sex drive sh really shouldn't be the one to set the frequency, uh, you know, of sex in your relationship. So, you know, we, we really hope that you'll not just learn to accept it, but that you'll, you know, maybe try to communicate with your spouse a little bit more about it. Um, there could be, you know, some simple things that, you know, a, a trip to the doctor could, could really help. I mean, hormones just play a huge factor in this, uh, especially as women age. And, and, you know, Trey talked to his doctor about this just the other day uh, about men. You know, he was just looking for some advice for men and women. And uh, that doctor said, you know, there's people don't realize that there is some amazing help out there uh, for men, for and, men for women. and for women to help with uh, you know, their, their desire and their sex drive. And the amazing thing was, he said, he said, if you come and communicate with your doctor, he said, I'll help you match your sex drive. Meaning mm -hmm. if you've got a high sex drive spouse and a very low sex drive spouse, I'll try to help them kind of meet in the middle somewhere. Right. And, and there's as a couple, as a couple. Mm -hmm. And, and which is a good thing. That's a, that is such a good thing because, uh, uh, sex can be one of the most amazing things in your marriage. So powerful. It also can be one of the most frustrating things in your marriage. And so if you can get together on the same page and things start clicking, it makes a big difference. Yep, it does. Makes a big difference. That was a fun Q&A. Uh, next week we're going to work on uh, how to step up some things in your marriage and kind of move things to the next level. Whether your marriage is struggling, good, or great, we're going to give you about six or seven little pointers that uh, really will help you step things up and... and uh, Maybe move some things to the next level. Cool. It'll be fun. Yes. Thank y'all for joining us. Yes. Um, y'all just keep enjoying the Christmas season. Don't don't be stressing out over holiday stuff, but just enjoy. Are you talking to yourself? I am preaching to the choir. There you here. go. There I you am. go. We got a big open house I this am. weekend. We yes. got tons of people coming in our home, and Lee's been <laughs> running around like a chicken with her head cut I'm trying to tell myself, don't stress. Just enjoy it. That's what it's all about. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. We will see you guys next week. Y'all have a blessed week.